Happy Sabbath again. This is just wonderful. I am so glad that you are all here because you could be so many other places, but you said yes to whatever voice called you this morning and said you need to go to church. I hope, it, I hope it's a good voice. I hope it's not like, you know, the alarm clock thing where we all want to shut it off and, and ignore it. I'm glad that you didn't this morning. And maybe it was because you had a mom. Maybe it is because you are a mom and you knew that this is the, this is the moment in which we celebrate moms and uh, we just are, are glad that you're here. I've chosen this this particular story because it, it goes along with where we have been dwelling in scripture in, in the latter part of Matthew. And it, it is the story of the talents. And as you can see, uh, I have, I've said uh, that the, the title is idleness. Idleness is not an option. Now, I, I, I believe I would probably hear a chorus of amens if, if every single mom that I asked in this congregation uh, ask them whether idleness is an option for her. One day a year, maybe. But some of you have already cooked Sabbath lunch and you've already made ready for whatever it is that you're going to do for Mother's Day officially tomorrow. And so in that sense, you weren't able to be idle I, I have tried, uh, Chris, Chris can tell you, there have been a few things that I have tried to do this weekend extra that, you know, she normally takes care of, but it's hard. I'm going to tell you, it's hard actually for you, you moms, it's hard actually to get you off course. You're, you're like so on it. So that's why... It is interesting that we come to this text today. I want to point out a few things about this parable that, that Jesus tells. First of all, whose gold is it? Tell me. It is the master's gold. It is the king's gold. He has a servant relationship with the three guys in the story. He is the king. They are the servants. The kingdom, the king knows his servants, and, and this is important to, to grasp a hold of in the story. He knows, and there's a, a big word here that, that physicists will understand from one perspective, and mathematicians will understand from another perspective, capacity. Okay? Uh, Paul takes care of our solar system. All you folks sitting on this side of the church, covering the roof on your side of the church right now is a, is, an, is a solar array. The electricity that is made in that array comes down and goes through some huge fuses. They have the capacity to deal with the amount of electricity that comes through them. Sometimes they get very hot. We're looking into that. Okay? Capacity. He knows. The king knows the capacity of each of his servants. We see this because he gives five to one, two to another, and one to a third. Interesting. I, I, I would imagine that moms know this about their children because they are intimately involved with their, their growth. The king also has an agenda, which is 
growth. His kingdom needs to grow. His assets need to grow. The servants get to participate in what I call creation by design. There is a design in which God has set things and he gives assets to each one of his servants and they are then given the opportunity to participate in this creation by design. There's another, another piece. There's an itinerary that is, that is mentioned. Uh, it's, a, it's a big word that simply means uh, the king goes on a journey. The boss man goes away and therefore he is absent. Now you think, Pastor, you, you're just stating the obvious. Yes, yes I am. Because the work that the servants do, they do while the master is away. Does that feel familiar to you? The next word is accounting. Because upon the return of the master, there is an accounting. The questions that the king is asking is, are uh, the confidence that I have placed, the, the knowledge that I have in my servants, is it well-founded? Did You know, the guy that I gave five to, you know, what has he done with those five? The guy that I gave two to, what has he done with the, those two? So there's a time of accounting. And maybe the question is, have the servants achieved the goals of the mission? that they were sent on. Well, there's a reporting that takes place. Not only an accounting, but an actual report is given. And I've always been interested in the fact that there's 100% increase. Similar to the story that Jesus tells about the, the, the wheat and the tares, or, or the seeds, the seeds, you, you, you have growth that is exponential. Growth that is unexpectedly high. And I've often wondered, really, does, does God expect that much? And, and is, is it okay for him to expect that much? But number five, or the guy that's given five, he makes another five, and suddenly now there are ten. He's gone out, he's traded back and forth. He has, we say, he has made money. He's put his money... Uh, into various options, and, and, and they have brought back a return on his investment. The same is true of the guy who has two. He brings back two more. And this is all done while the master is out of sight. But as we look at this story today, I think that we can, we can know that just like moms... <laughs> Out of sight does not necessarily mean that they don't know what we're doing. Children, I don't know why I didn't get an amen on that. Moms do have eyes in the back of their heads. They do. Okay, they see. They, they, okay, so they have women's intuition. Gentlemen, if you've ever gone up against that, uh, my advice is don't. They just know. How is it that they just know? I don't know. I'm not a woman. So, all of this action takes place out of sight of the king. 
The actions show several things that I think are very important for us to, to realize that I believe Jesus is trying to teach with this particular parable. They show loyalty. They show commitment. They show desire and passion. And they show devotion to the king, to the leader. And in this parable, we know we're talking about God. Love for the leader has developed belief and faith and the belief and faith have borne action that have benefited the kingdom of God. The question the servants have on their minds is, have I represented well? Being a representative of the kingdom of God should be high on our, our, our desire to be a good representative, to be the one who helps the kingdom of heaven and with what we do. In fact, uh, I would venture to guess that many of you might understand when I say that if we're asking for forgiveness for our sins, that we are checking on whether or not our relationship with God is what he wants it to be. Whether what we have done has represented that relationship correctly. That's why I'm talking today about loyalty and commitment and desire and passion and devotion. Have we had those? That's, that's what's being talked about in this parable. At this moment of, of accounting and of, of reporting, there is a revelation of our attitude towards the king and of the servant's attitude towards the king. Here's what happens. He gets to number three, servant number three. And I want to thank the Gray family for stepping in for some of our other folk who were uh, not able to make it today. Number three reveals a very, very negative attitude towards the king. Very negative attitude. Okay, we, 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 we've heard many moms talk about, oh, you have such a bad attitude. Well, guess what? This is a parable in which Jesus is talking to the religious leaders of his day, to the church people of his day, and in his parable, he is saying, there are some of you who have a bad attitude. You're not on board with the king. In fact, I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but it, it, it does strike me that his actions were subversive. A nice big word to say they were actually going against the king. He took the talent that was given him, that was entrusted to him, and he buried it in the ground. And then when he is asked why he didn't even put it on loan to the bankers, he says, you are a hard man. You reap where you do not sow. What was the action that he did knowing all of this? He took the king's money and he stuffed it in the ground. 
This was so that the king would not harvest where he did not sow. The king would not get any interest on that particular talent. So you could say that his, his, his bad attitude bore actually a rebellious, rebellious activity. No wonder the king acknowledges the rebellious attitude and he reveals the subversion of his talent by saying, why didn't you even take it to the bank where at the very least you could have gotten some interest for me? This, this just shows you that this one guy's attitude was, was so negative that he didn't want the king to get anything for his money. In fact, he wanted to devalue the talent. So, unfortunately, the story ends on a, on a somewhat sad note, I would say. The king... God grants the desires of the heart of servant number three. Note what he says to servants numbers one and two. He says, enter into the joy of your Lord. You have done well, well done. You have, you have done well. You feel good about being my servant. But to servant number three, he has to say, you know what? You don't feel good being my servant. You really don't want to be in my presence. So I am going to give you what you want. I don't know if you are part of the discussion that goes on in this country and other places where people are wondering just what kind of God we serve and just what is he going to do at the judgment and where will people go? And where will people be? I want you to know that there is one who, who has called this, this act of God his unnatural act. It is not within his nature to grant people the choice, uh, the, 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 the results of their choice, when the choice is going to take them away from him. Moms, do you, do, you, do you feel that? And I know that it's a natural thing for our children to grow up and, and move away and choose maybe not to live by us. I mean, some of you are those children. Your, your parents are in the Philippines. Your parents are, are in Europe. And you chose to come to the United States. That's pain. For your parents to say, okay, it's going to be a better life. I won't get to see you, but once in a very little while, but I'm going to let you do this. So I want you to connect with that kind of, that kind of separation anxiety, that kind of pain that, that the, the parent feels when the child or in this case, the king feels when the servant, basically by his attitude and his actions, says, I don't want to be around you. I'm not with you in your doings. In fact, I think you're a hard man. You get what you don't sow. 
That's why I dug a hole and, and took my talent and put it in it. I didn't want to help you. I don't love you. I really want to be away from you. So when we read the end of this parable, please understand that when you, when you put that together with the final judgment maybe in the end that's talked about in Revelation, just understand that this is, this is not what the king wants. He is not joyful about this. But it is what servant number three wants. And God is in the business of giving us the desires of our hearts. Moms are in the business of giving their children the desires of their hearts as much as they are capable, as much as they believe that this will be good for their kid. I know that's how my mom treated me. My parents came very close to doing a life-changing thing for me when I was 15 or 16, right in there. I was a camp worker at a summer camp while my parents were living in England, I came back to the United States just for the summer. And I got to a school that was so nice, and there were numbers of the people that I had worked with at summer camp that was there. And, and I thought, oh, this would be so great if I could go to this school. So I called them up, transatlantic, from my, from my hotel room. I said, Mom, Dad... I really, I really would love to go to the school. What do you think? They said, we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll call you back. Later in my life, they told me they came very, very close to granting my wish. But then they decided it was more important for me to grow up with my brothers and for my brothers to grow up with me. And they said, we think you should come home. And so I finished my high school education in England rather than Virginia. And you think, wow, that was just one, one decision that a mom and a dad made about their child. But it was, it, it, I'm certain I may not even be standing here today if that decision had been made differently. Very likely that my life would have been different, that I would have married someone else, etc., etc., etc. It's one of those forks in the road that when you look back with 2020 vision, as we say, we can say that was a huge decision that my parents made that affected me. We all have those stories, I believe, if we take time to look back. But this story helps us to see that as we, as we, place ourselves in the story as either servant number one or servant number two, if we see that there are tendencies in our life to be servant number three, on this Mother's Day weekend, I want you to know, please, the heart of God, which is not only male, but it is also female, because male and female created he them in his image, and that together this image produces other human beings. You see what I'm saying? The heart of God is like a mom's heart. And he will, he will grant the wishes of people like servant number three. He will. 
You can read about it in the book of Revelation, and it is not a pretty picture. And this is not a pretty picture. You specifically get the, the gist of it when you read it in the King James Version, that he says, take this servant and throw him out into outer darkness. See, because the king, the king lives in light. The Bible tells us that the Lord of heaven robes himself in light. So where there is light, we know that that is where the king of heaven is. Where there is darkness, we know that that is where the king is not. So think of this. Our father or our mother which art in heaven. He is the king. Hallowed be thy name. May your family be revered. Thy kingdom come. May your kingdom win. Is that what you mean when you say thy kingdom come? May you, may you prosper. May your kingdom prosper. I'm with you, God. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your rulership be seen in the subjects of this earth by the following and the doing of your bidding. That you can tell that I am a follower of God because I am following his bidding in my life. May that be so in my life. Is that not what it means to say thy will be done? The parable of the talents, I believe, reveals the nature of the relationship that we as creatures of the Creator are privileged to have with the Creator. He's away right now. Maybe we shouldn't say that. Maybe we should say He's out of sight. He's out of sight. He's not away. He's here in the form of the Holy Spirit. Yes? He's leading. He's guiding. He's empowering. He's coaching. He's directing. And what is he hoping for? He is hoping for our loyalty, our commitment, our desire, our passion, our devotion. He's hoping that this is our picture of him that we might, we, we might actually carry in the wallet of our heart. And that we look at and remind ourselves. Like I remind myself of my daughter and my son-in-law and my son as I look at their pictures every morning as I have worship. This picture of God will be, will be seen as we deploy, as we use our talents that God has given each one of us. Church, I believe, is just a collection of believers, loyal subjects of God's kingdom. We gather together to worship, and we worship with our mind, our spirits, and our hearts, and we worship with our actions, the deployment of our time and our talents and our treasure. Church is simply an organization of, of kingdom subjects. Is that what you are today? Kingdom subjects that are organized to accomplish the goals of the mission of the, that the king has asked each one of us to be a part of. We have all been given capabilities. We've all been given talents. 
Church should help us to see those talents uh, come down from God and, and help, to, help us to deploy them for the glory of God. The growth of God's kingdom is to accomplish his agenda. Let's never forget that. Glory to the king whose talents have been given to us to manage and to grow. So maybe a moment of introspection today would be good on Mother's Day weekend. Does the way that, that, that I am deploying, that I am using the talents that the king has given me, does, does that show my loyalty, my commitment, my devotion, desire, passion for the king and his kingdom? Does it? Or, or do I really care about the kingdom of God? I, I care about, maybe I care about my own kingdom. Maybe I'm, I'm saying to myself, look, I'm going to take care of myself. I really don't care what God wants to do. Let him take care of himself over there. I'm going to take care of myself. How, how is it with you? How is it with me? In the story of the talents, action, loyalty, commitment, get rewarded positively. You might say that we learn that idleness is not an option. Church, idleness is not an option. At least it's not an option for those of us who would like a positive reward. If you want, if you want that well done, thou good and faithful servant, like I want that well done, you know, you spend your whole life being a, a servant of the king. What on earth do you expect at the end? I hope that you expect what I expect, and that is enter into the joy of thy Lord. That's what I'm looking forward to. Moms, you lead the way. You are never idle. You're always busy. If it's not something in the home, it's something out of the home. We honor you this weekend because you are leading us to see the way that God would like us to be in this world today by how you take care of us, by how you love us as family and how you love the community, those around you that you reach out to. Gentlemen, it might do us well to read one of the texts again that we read today, Proverbs 31. And you don't have to put woman in there or wife you can put any person of that persuasion in there. And let me tell you, they are the people who are going to get the well done. Because they have decided that idleness is not an option if you want to get the favor of the king. He loves us. The way that we love him back is to show our loyalty, our commitment, our passion for what he's doing in the world today. Amen.